Today's sponsor is MailChimp, the world's leading email marketing platform. 12 million people use MailChimp every day to connect with their customers, market their products, and grow their e-commerce businesses. Send better email, sell more stuff. My guest today is Polygon's Russ Frushtick. My name is Charlie Hall. In for Justin McElroy. You're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Thank you for joining me today, Russ. Sure. Happy to be here. You were actually on uh, our Facebook page today playing a little bit of Titanfall 2. Yeah, I had not played Titanfall 2. I, at this point uh, in the year, we had three big shooters come out in a very short span of time, Battlefield, Call of Duty, and Titanfall. And uh, Titanfall was the last one I hadn't played yet, so I wanted to play it as a point of reference. Well, check that out up on our Facebook page if you're not already following us. Uh, but today we're here to talk about another game entirely, and that is Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. And this is a Activision product from the developer Infinity Ward. Uh, Russ, you did a great job of kind of setting the groundwork for Infinite Warfare in your review. Uh, but really just for folks that might have missed the unveiling of it and haven't been following the game. What is Call of Duty Infinite Warfare? Sure. Um, so obviously it's a Call of Duty game, uh, which is to say you're going to be shooting a lot of people. It is the very first Call of Duty game set in space. Technically, there have been levels set in space in the past, but this is the first full game that is set almost entirely in space. And uh, the kind of weird backstory, the meta backstory of Infinite Warfare is that when it was first announced, uh, it was announced via a um, YouTube trailer that was universally downvoted. It was one of the most downvoted um, trailers ever to hit YouTube. Uh, you can go back and look at the ratio. It's outrageous. And I think a lot of people were concerned that essentially Call of Duty and Activision had run out of ideas and they were just sort of sending Call of Duty to space in the most mindless way possible. Um, the actual outcome is, is far more interesting, at least I found, um, uh, this world that they've created is, is, uh, much more interesting, full of characters that I actually want to spend time with and, and care about, uh, which is a lot more than I could ever say for other Call of Duty storylines. Um, I think, uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty standout product, at least in terms of the campaign. And, um, yeah, I really dug it overall. You say in your review that it has the strongest writing and characters that the series has seen thus far. Mm -hmm. That's high praise. Is it? I actually don't think it's high praise. I think it, it's <laughs> it's given that the bar was pretty low. I mean, it's weird because Call of Duty is such a big franchise and they spend so much money on it every year and it makes so much money. It's so weird that they have not really put that much thought and effort into things like dialogue and things like character development and every year they say they're going to, and every year we're like, oh, here's another mission where lame, predictable things happen. Um, there have certainly been great Call of Duty games and great storylines, but generally the, the bar is pretty low for these games. And here I was really very impressed. Um, the closest comparison I can make is that it, it felt like Battlestar in a lot of ways, the new Battlestar series, the Ron Moore series. Um, insofar as uh, I think... You know, you're in this battleship, effectively, 
and you're surrounded by your crewmates and the people that are serving under you and each of them has likes and dislikes and grudges there's a guy that like is uh kind of resenting the you're you're in the navy and he kind of resents the navy he's a marines guy and you've got a um uh, you've got a this robot that is is sort of programmed to be like a oorah classic like navy soldier, but also has some like surprising heart to him. You're just surrounded by these characters that like have a lot of depth and are funny and likable, and it makes it really hard because not all of them make it through the game. And for the first time in a very long time, when one or more of them died, I really was upset. Like it really got to me. Um, and that's not an easy thing to do in a shooter, um, and especially in a Call of Duty game. So they really did an amazing job um, with the story and the characters. It, it really is pretty spectacular. I was really, I, I got hands on the game a little bit over the weekend, and I was really surprised at the quality of the acting from these voice actors. In particular, ETH.3N, this yeah. robot who's called Ethan in Ethan, the game. Yeah. He was like a standout performer to me. And Ethan, uh, I think from, or from the first scene you see him, which is like very, very early in the game, uh, he makes a joke about, I think, having like a farmer, he stole a farmer's brains and they stuck it in his chassis or something. But he's instantly likable, um, and he doesn't deliver lines like the stoic, like Peter Dinklage ghost in Destiny. He delivers them like with heart and emotion, even though he's a robot. And it kind of reminded me they did a lot of like movement um, motion capture with him, kind of similar to how Dog worked in Half Life Two, where again it's a robot, but there's so emo- so much emotion in the way he tilts his head or the way his Oculus sort of uh, enlarges or decreases. And it made it um, just very easy to sort of get attached to him. He's a great character and, and plays a pretty major role in the overall story. Now, Ethan, of course, completely artificial, made up. I don't even know the name of the voice actor that did it. I'm sure it's someone that's very good at their craft. But Activision also spent a lot of money, I imagine, <laughs> on another guy in this game. And that is Kit Harrington yes. of Game of Thrones fame. Indeed. How was his performance? Yeah, so he's uh, he plays uh, Jon Snow in Game of Thrones, in case you're not familiar. Um, it's kind of hilarious because you see him in the first 30 seconds of this game, or very, very early on, and he looks exactly like Jon Snow. Like, he did not even change his hair color or his haircut or his uh, facial hair. It looks like Jon Snow just showed up on Mars or wherever they are. Um Unfortunately, of all the characters, uh, he is the one that falls the most flat. Um, he's very simple and like very traditional, like kind of villain. He appears to you on these video screens and he's like, I don't like Earth, Mars for life and so on and so forth. And he's just very uh, super uninteresting. But I sort of I mean, it doesn't make me happy that the villain is not super great. But I, it didn't really bother me for a couple reasons. One, he doesn't appear super often. And two, the story is not really about him. It's not like Kevin Spacey. In Advanced Warfare, Kevin Spacey was like the main story point. Like everything revolved around him. This story is really all about the squad and, and the people serving around you. So, uh, you know, the fact that Kit Harrington kind of comes off a little flat is less of a detractor because you're really not seeing him very often. One of the things that you pointed out in your review was that the game was enlivened as you went along uh, the storyline by the planetary variety and all the different settings that you were fighting in. Tell me some more about that. Yeah, so if you've played a Call of Duty, especially campaign in the last few years, 
um, you've probably get the feeling like you've seen a lot of the environments before. We've got the like snowy Arctic uh, military base. We've got the like city, like tight corridor city level. We've got, uh, you know, maybe like something in an abandoned amusement park. Who knows? Uh, that's funny because the zombies mode does have that. But here in the campaign, by nature of it being in space, um, the levels feel like they have a lot more variety because you can do crazy things like suddenly there's a mission on Mars and there's crazy dust clouds moving in and, uh, you know, you've got the red sky and everything. Um, another mission, probably my favorite mission, is set um, on an asteroid and it's spinning at such a fast rate that in the sky you see the sun effectively rising and setting super quickly. It's like there's like a 30-second day-night cycle. So it just gives it this like literally otherworldly kind of vibe uh, that makes it much more interesting. I, I think the environments really progress uh, Call of Duty campaigns more than anything else. And the fact that each environment had like a different interesting twist to it really made me more excited to explore more of it. But there's so much variety within each individual mission I've found as well. I think mainly because you're spending so much time in like this little fighter plane called a jackal. Yeah, yeah, you do fly a lot in this game. They have these sequences where you're flying around. And there have been these sorts of vehicle sequences in the past, in past games. Black Ops 3 certainly had some. But the jackal in this case, um, I think they spent a ton of time kind of getting the controls right, getting the environmental, like the audio design right to the point where it does feel like those missions in Battlestar where they're flying around in the, uh, what are they called? Whatever their ships are called, those fighter ships. And the Vipers, the, the Battlestar Vipers. Galactica yeah. Vipers. So they, yeah. they feel like Viper battles um, where it's just, you have like full 360 degree control. It doesn't feel dumbed down. Um, you're like firing like leading shots to take down other uh, fighters and stuff like that. It's very exciting. And it doesn't feel... A lot of times these vehicle sequences feel like separate from the rest of the game. This feel, felt much more integrated and involved in the rest of the game. And I want to stop you right there, Russ, real quick, because we need to have a quick message from our sponsor, Harry's. Do you know what I love most about shaving? It's, it's the ritual of the thing. And that's really why I've enjoyed the time that I've spent shaving with Harry's brand razors. I don't commute as much as I used to. So getting in that, you know, every other day shave experience for me, you know, it's a, it's a good time to settle my thoughts and get my morning together and get myself focused on the day ahead. And I've really enjoyed Harry's because it's just a smooth and a comfortable experience. Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades that they're going to send you their popular free trial set, which comes with a razor, a five blade cartridge, and their shaving gel. It's free when you sign up for a shaving plan. Just pay for the shipping. Plus, there's a special offer for fans of the show. Enter code control at checkout to get a post-shave balm added to your order free. Go to harrys.com right now and enter con code control at checkout to claim your free trial set and post-shave balm. That's harrys.com, code control. I was actually talking with the team over at Infinity Ward for uh, a feature that I did, um, and they mentioned that one of their designers actually built the control scheme for the Jackal right off the first-person control scheme. And I noticed that while I was playing it. What did you think of the control scheme for, for the Jackal? What do you mean that they, um, they built it off of the first person? I wasn't sure what you meant by that. Well, it, it's not like you're flying 
a, a plane, a space sure. plane, in yeah. my opinion. It, it, the, you're strafing with the left stick. Oh, yeah, You're sure. controlling the throttle with the left stick. Yeah. And then you're just kind of pointing the, the nose of the ship in the right direction with the right stick. Was that satisfying for you? Yeah, I liked it. I, I thought um, it didn't feel as much like a hovering thing, although you could, did have that option where you could strafe and sort of stay in one similar place. I like the fact that you could sort of mix between that and more of like a chasing traditional like fighter jet kind of controls. And you could go back and forth between those two very fluidly. Like there was no real delay. So I, I thought it felt supernatural and good. Another one of the things that I was surprised to see in your review, I haven't reached it yet myself in the single player campaign, side missions? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they show up about three hours in. And uh, they are interesting. Um, you do they they take about fifteen minutes, uh, whereas most of the story missions tend to be maybe a half hour, maybe forty five minutes long. So these are much shorter, and they tend to take place um, in enemy uh, cruisers that look kind of similar to the cruiser that you are on. Um, but you're on you'll be on a variety of different obje- objectives. So one might have you um, go in and try to assassinate a bunch of guys. One you maybe have to steal some documents, something like that. But they um, have uh, interesting kind of side ways you can do them. Like one of them, I stole an enemy uniform and I was able to go undercover without, you know, you're walking past enemies and kind of freaking out, but no one's attacking you. And I was able to sneak all the way to my targets who were a bunch of commanders in a conference room and uh, remove the air from the conference room so that they suffocated. So that was pretty cool. Um, I was surprised that the side missions were as thoughtful as they were. I was kind of expecting them to just like padding, be like padding. Um, Black Ops 2 had some like truly awful side missions. Um, but these actually felt like much more thought out and kind of a nice thing to have if like you only have a few minutes to like play Call of Duty. Well, that uh, single player campaign definitely carried uh, the review. Polygon ended up giving the game an 8.5 overall. You were less flattering, though, when talking about the multiplayer aspects of the game. Yeah, it's multiplayer is weird in this game. Um, it does feel like Infinity Ward spent, and I don't know if this is true, like I haven't spoken to them about this, but it does feel like they spent all uh, uh, the bulk of their time on the design and refinement of the campaign and the universe and then when it came to zombies mode and multiplayer, sort of relied on a lot of the uh, tenants that um, the last developer Treyarch did in Black Ops 3. Because there's really, from a core gameplay perspective, very little difference between Black Ops 3 multiplayer and um, Infinite Warfare multiplayer. There are a few tweaks that they made that I, I enjoy and like, but for the most part, it's almost untouched to the point where like I cannot remember the last time that Call of Duty multiplayer was changed so little between from one game to the next. It's pretty dramatic. Another part of this package, of course, is the zombies mode, which I haven't touched at all. Yeah. What, what's up with the zombies mode this year? Zombies mode is fun. I mean, it's set in, uh, it's like 80s universe. You're, you're in a um, abandoned amusement park, as I mentioned earlier, uh, with a, a space theme. It's like, uh, you know, space shuttles and aliens and stuff like that. And um, effectively, again, it, it, you know, Treyarch sort of started this whole zombies and Call of Duty thing. And one of their big staples is, is the idea that you're surviving wave after wave of zombies and eventually you're working your way towards completing this Easter egg, which is like a super complicated multi-step process of finding different items around the park and unlocking different things. 
And uh, all of that stuff carries forward to this game. It definitely feels like they looked at Treyarch Zombies and carried over 90% of what that game did. Uh, they did make a few uh, changes this time around. I think this Zombies mode is much more approachable than it's been in past years. If you don't know anything about Zombies, I think it's much easier to survive, uh, at least for the first 10 waves or so. After that, it starts getting very difficult. Um, but I think for people that have been kind of scared off by Zombies, uh, this is kind of a good solve, a nice middle ground. The other thing that I don't actually think this is in my review, but something that I've come across over time in playing it, you unlock guns in multiplayer. Sometimes you'll get them from supply drops, and those guns actually have perks. Uh, one gun, for example, when you get a kill, will regen a little bit of your health. So those guns actually carry over to zombies mode, and uh, but the perks have actually been tweaked specifically for zombies mode. A gun that one of the guns that I have gives you a bonus perk in multiplayer after you get three kills. In zombies mode, if you kill 75 zombies, you get a free perk. So they've kind of reworked the perks on these guns to work for zombies as well as multiplayer, which is actually really cool. And it made me much more engaged with the progression system in zombies, which I haven't been in the past. A lot of outlets are starting to do these reviews in progress kind of thing. It's something that Polygon's been doing for a while now. We call it a provisional review, and that's a, a banner that sits atop the Polygon review page until we remove it. What are you waiting to, to get your eyes on and to get a, a handle of before you remove that provisional sticker from your review? Yeah, I think we do it a lot for online games. Uh, online games day of one day one launch tend to have a lot of issues um so we definitely like to see like whether those issues go away after the first couple days so that we can finalize the review score um in this case the launch was pretty smooth for call of duty there are a few things that i'm keeping an eye on uh, i know people have talked about some frame rate issues on xbox one uh so i'm watching watching that to see if that gets remedied there's also um some issues that people are having with the lag compensation. So there's been some like feeling that the multiplayer is not always super fair when it comes to like you dying versus the other person dying. So those are really the two things that I'm looking at right now. Um, but it's pretty minimal stuff. I mean, it's not like the servers were hundred percent broken at launch and we had to like, like where we'd have to like drop the score by two or three points. Like it's definitely not there. And I'd be even surprised if we dropped the score at all at this point. Um, but there's just a couple things that we're keeping an eye on. Well, we are coming into the meat of the holiday season. If we haven't really passed through it already, is there anything else on your review docket this year before oh, the holidays? Oh, God, come? I hope not. Uh, I love reviewing games, but it's like kind of not my primary job. And bigger games, especially hot holiday games, really kind of set me off and delay a lot of the other stuff I'm working on. So... They also, it's also not really the way I like to experience games the first time because you tend to be in, in a bit of a rush. So I don't think I have any reviews set up, but who knows, Arthur could drop something on my plate at, at the very last minute. And, uh, you know, I'm here to help him out, so... Huh? <laughs> well, if you want to find more of Russ Freshdick, you can always find him in and out day to day on our Facebook page, doing a lot of live gameplay stuff. I've really enjoyed working with you and watching some of your streams as well. Russ, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Charlie. 
And thanks to you at home for listening today. We've got a lot more on Polygon.com, including my feature story, Has Call of Duty Lost Touch with Reality? Where I walk, uh, where I actually talk with the team at Infinity Ward, uh, but also with military strategist Peter W. Singer. It's an interesting feature, one that I very much enjoyed writing. Check it out. I'll drop a link in the show notes, as well as a link to Russ's review of Infinite Warfare. Until we've got another game to talk about, this is Charlie Hall for Russ Frushtick. Thank you for listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Integrate and connect your store with MailChimp in order to personalize and automate your marketing. Visit MailChimp.com to learn more.